Cloudy and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Jeff Smith. A wet few days are ahead with the heaviest rain expected to fall in the eastern slopes. That's according to Environment Canada, which has issued a special weather statement, and it includes the city of Calgary. Now, here's what the forecast they've said for Calgary includes. Five millimeters of rain tonight and 20 to 30 millimeters tomorrow, with showers continuing after that for much of the week. But some areas of the foothills could see 100 millimeters of rain or more. Kananaskis, uh, that is, expected to get the most. At least 50 millimeters is expected by Wednesday morning in an area stretching from Waterton up to Nordegg. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm flying over in the southwest where there is a stalled vehicle on Glenmore Trail in your left lane as you approach Crowchild. That's going to be in the westbound lane. Watch for a tow truck trying to arrive on the scene and drive with caution in the area. A message from the Canadian Blood Services. Patients need people across Canada to show up and give. Lives depend on it. 36,000 appointments available this month. Visit blood.ca. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. The comments were called ill-informed and unproductive by Alberta's energy minister. Some had hoped the U.S. might look to Alberta as a solution to weaning off Russian oil and addressing rising pump prices. But the U.S. ambassador to Canada was quoted in the National Post as saying the U.S. was, quote, not really in the market to expand oil and gas links to Canada. Cohen was asked about those remarks by Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief Mercedes Stevenson. Well, we'd always be interested in more oil and gas from Alberta or from anywhere else. But we have to let's go and make let's go and define our terms. He says the U.S. has to be careful about making major investments. It could make it harder to hit climate targets down the road. You can hear that full interview on the West Block this morning at 11 on 770 CHQR. 30 riders on horseback and two wagons will head out from Hinton today to bring awareness to missing and murdered Indigenous people in Canada. Karen Rebo reports. The group will ride their way 50 kilometres away from Hinton to Jasper. The ride is expected to last about two days. Organizers are referring to the route as the Trail of Tears, a reference to the Highway of Tears, which is a 725-kilometre corridor of B.C.'s Highway 16 between Prince George and Prince Rupert, where many Indigenous women and girls have disappeared over the last five decades. Karen Rebo, the Canadian Press. Hundreds of people attended a job fair in Calgary yesterday aimed at getting Ukrainian refugees work. Global's Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports. Olena Ivanenko is a teacher who arrived in Calgary with her son recently. She's staying with a host family and is now looking for work. My son is in danger, so I, I just don't, I didn't think a lot. So I took the documents, some, some stuff, and we went. They lived in Kremenchuk near an oil refinery that was destroyed, adding to fuel shortages and wiping out jobs. Despite being fluent in English, Olena says getting a job here is challenging because she still needs a medical test and experience. As of June 8th, over 131,000 temporary resident visa applications from Ukraine have been approved. Nearly 300,000 have been received. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. Among the speakers on the final day of the Shangri-La Dialogue Asian Security Summit in Singapore was Canada's Defence Minister Anita Anand. She touched on a range of global issues including securing regional stability in the Indo-Pacific, climate change and Russia's war in Ukraine. Anand notes Russia's attack on Ukraine has caused shockwaves in global food security and commodity prices, including in the Asia-Pacific region. BC's Liberal Party says its delegates have voted to launch a process to potentially change the name of their party. 
Around 800 party members have gathered for a weekend convention in Penticton to welcome new leader Kevin Falcon and map their strategy ahead of the 2024 B.C. election. The B.C. Liberals are not affiliated with the federal Liberal Party. Falcon says the party's name must be one that reflects a diverse and inclusive Big Tent coalition. In sports, Edmonton demolished by the B.C. Lions last night, 59-15 in CFL action. The Riders dumped the Ticats 30-13. to Global News Sky Tracker weather, a 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms today with a high of 19. 5 millimeters of rain tonight down to 10. Tomorrow, heavy rain at times, 20 to 30 millimeters, high 13. It's 12 degrees at 9.05, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Jeff Smith. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And we are sitting here on June the 12th. Things are good. About to get a little bit of rain, I hear, though. So let's uh, make sure your downspouts are all down, facing the right way. Uh, any low areas, uh, make sure you have them filled in, divert any water away from your house, things like this. Um, it's important to look at this at this time of year. When it, this is the month where we get a lot of the rain coming. So let's make sure we're paying attention to to all that fun stuff that's going on. I'm going to bring Jen up on the line, and she's down at the Garden Center this morning. Good morning, Jen. Oh, hey, Merle. Good morning. Um, all that rain talk, yikes. Yeah, no, up to 100 mils. So I know. <laughs> but, you know, things could change, right? No, absolutely. Well. <laughs> uh, I could rain a little bit overnight would be nice. A little rain overnight is okay. Oh. Yeah, just during the day, it's kind of hard. To, the landscapers, I know my son Derek's on the on the landscape crew, and they've been working a ton. And he's, I think, I think he's kind of sometimes when they see the rain day, I think they might smile a little bit, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. They, they've been going Fair pretty enough. hard, but yeah, um, but it's oh. hard. That's a that's a lot of rain at one time. So it is. Yeah. yeah so I think so, that was a good tip. Put your down. Yeah, no, and some of your pots, if you want to pull put pull them under cover, because that amount of rain on your pots and things like that uh, isn't uh, totally good for them. It could drown them. So especially no, if you have true, especially if you don't have drainage too, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so get a little note from Lisa. Mm-hmm. So here we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a little. Uh, Father's Day contest, yeah, Yeah. next week at the Garden Center for Father's Day. So, check out our social media. Yeah, Yeah. have we has has that happened before? I, I, no, we usually always do the Mother's Days, and we always forget about dear old dad. eh? So I, dear old dad, I said, yeah, I said to to Lisa, I said, what about dad? Yeah, what about those dads? And then she goes, what about him? (laughs) (laughs) She did not. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny! I said, yeah. "How about we give them? A, how about we give them a tree?" Oh, I think and, this is uh, awesome. Yeah, so we're giving away a ten-gallon tree to uh, a lucky father somewhere in Calgary. So check out our social media and and figure out how to enter that contest. To get and, involved. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's a, tree that's a good choice. size tree. Yeah, ten gallons. That's a it's a decent sized tree, so that's a cool giveaway. I love that. I think that's really yeah. Exciting. I, I, we we're trying to think. We we're walking around. We looked at rain gauges and different a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here, well, here you go, Dad. Go dig a hole. And, uh, but a, a tree's kind of neat because then if you and when it lives in five years, you can say, "Hey, that was Father's Day 
tree back in 2022, blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know, kind of fun. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's pretty awesome, actually. I can make sure my kids uh, enter for me. Hopefully, I can win one. That's Be awesome. Nice. I love it. Um, <laughs> what would you pick, um, So, Mom? what else is going on down there? You got all kinds of flowers. Yep. Well Sorry, stocked. I got, dis- I got distracted. The team is up here. <laughs> what did a puppy dog drive by or something or what? What's that? Yeah, no, it's did a puppy there's, dog come by? There's, there's, oh, what? Come on! I never go after puppy dogs. Um, <laughs> I know yeah. I'm a bit I'm a bit weird with that. I, all the dogs. Anyhow, keep bringing your dogs. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah um, shipments, flowers. Let's talk. Let's talk hanging baskets. Speaking of other things that are happening here. Yeah, and right now, good time hanging baskets. I know we got them on sale. You buy one, get one fifty off, which is nice. But great selection, and we don't bring in a lot of the ten inch that you kind of see at some of the box stores. We we bring in the larger, the twelve, fourteen, sixteen inch, the big eighteen inch baskets. Something that's going to last you throughout the summer, yeah. and uh, and nice mixes in them. So um, great looking baskets from our growers this year. So uh, thanks to them and. Uh, and we we've changed up our mixes a bit, and really really happy with the with the look of the of the hanging baskets this year. They're so full right now too, right? The ones that oh my gosh, there's it's just color. As soon as they got delivered, it's just color. So yeah, you know, people uh, and for people matching too. I mean, some people love to match, some people don't care about matching, but um, just. Just holler, and we can kind of have a quick peek around the greenhouse for you as well. If you found one that you love and you're not sure if there's another one, we'll uh, we'll help you find one or something. No, I know that works. you guys work as hard as you can trying to keep stuff together. Um, yeah, it's it's as it's much what as it you is. Can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, and and uh, but annuals are the ones that give you all the color. And and for people ask me what's the best one, and you can't go wrong. Still, the petunia is always your. You go to give me lots of flowers, dry me out. I'll perk back up for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, cut me back. I'll grow back. Um, <laughs> ignore me. I'll still bloom for you. Like yeah. honestly, like the petunia is a pretty um, resilient. And uh, so, if you have some of those neglected areas or or somewhere that you just want a big ooze of color, petunias are always your your one of your good go to. Um, plants for sure. What about those geraniums, Merle, though? I mean, I don't yeah, know absolutely. that I, right? I never used to love the geranium in a hanging basket, but these ones, they're huge and there's a couple different colors in there and yeah, that's uh, that one's a bit mind-blowing for me this year. Absolutely. No, yeah. they, uh, they have some great geraniums. They need a little bit of maintenance and, and, we, and we should maybe talk about deadheading as we, mm-hmm. we've everybody's Quite a few people have got their annuals out, but there's still a ton of people. I see a lot of empty houses with no annuals out yet, so a lot of people are still coming out, um, picking up oh, their annuals. Sure. Yeah. Um, but this is you, you got a deadhead too, and I always like to show everybody how to deadhead. Um, and same with your geraniums. Don't just break the top off. You got go follow the stem down to the mm-hmm. to the main branch. Just take the whole stem off and don't let it get so it's almost rotted away. Like when it starts getting wilty and looking a little bit shabby, if you can take the de- take the blooms off at that time because that's yeah. really going to promote that plant um, to send out more blooms. Because if you leave it on your plants, all the old flowers, it's going to think, okay, I've done my job. I've produced seeds. 
I don't need to work this hard. I don't need to send out all those flowers anymore. I'm done. And but if you keep picking them off, it says to itself, "Why? Who's this guy who keeps taking all my seeds?" So I got to send more flowers out. So here he comes again. Yeah. And speaking of blooms, then so fertilizer fifteen thirty fifteen for the yep. hanging baskets. Yep. And then yep. how often? Um, how often are you doing that? Once a week. I, I like to do it. Like once, if you especially if you have a a little bit of a smaller bat, if, even if even if you're in the fourteen sixteen inch. Once you get into the summer, because they're so full of all the roots of the petunias and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, once a week. Um, that's lots. That gives them good blooming but make sure you water first um give it a good watering first and then mm-hmm. fertilize perfect and, uh, that's yeah, yeah and just keep going right it's not like perennials where you kind of have a cutoff time you just nope. keep going with these guys absolutely keep keep fertilizing right up until like september and that's the nice thing with petunias like you can get still that really bright vibrant color going right into september which they is are awesome. vibrant. So. Yeah, they are vibrant. Yeah, yeah. Come, in and, come in and check them out. Where there's lots, we have favorites as well. And uh, a lot of people have been just gobsmacked by the petunias. The they're so full, we can't even. We can hardly see to hang them up actually because the blooms <laughs> are so huge. Well, they, they've so. come out with a couple new varieties, right? The, the Vista and obviously the mm-hmm. old the Wave and a couple of the other ones um, are great. And you don't. Like I know, like in those, we sell those six packs of waves, and they kind of seem a little pricey when you first look at them. But you gotta remember when you buy those six packs of waves, like in a in a hanging basket, you only need three pot plants at the most, yeah. and yeah. and in a big twenty inch pot, you maybe need three or four because they just they'll grow and they fill in like crazy. So and uh, so yeah, so you don't need to fill them in if you're using like a regular. Um, petunia where you'd need six or eight in a hanging basket. Like in those, you need only like three. So right. just, yeah. just so people understand like what you're dealing with. And when they, as soon as they root into that new soil, man, they just explode and they'll fill that pot up in no time. Oh, I can't wait to see everybody's gardens in July. Remember last year we were talking about that when July, mid-July, I think, maybe third week of July, just yeah. it, everything had filled and uh, and you could notice it driving around. It was awesome. Yeah. And Chris, who runs our Green It Up, she's been out planting. Um, we have quite a few clients that she does planting for and residents and, and different places and restaurants. And she loves putting the petunias right in the ground, too. Even the waves, like a lot of people think mm-hmm. they're just for hanging baskets. But when you put a wave petunia in the ground, it'll just create like a big mound of color for you. So it, it's it's awesome. Like you That's can so just, cool. Yeah, yeah. fills in a Great bunch idea. of space. So that's a, that's a great thing for uh, um, for those petunias, and you don't need a lot. And you can space them kind of every two feet. So if you got one, then go every twenty four inches. When so that six pack will cover two, four, six, like kind of twelve feet if you just do a border. So that's pretty good value when you look at it that way. When you spread 100%. those, uh, when you spread those big waves out like that, so you get yeah. twelve feet of coverage on your edges, on your borders and that. And and then go about eight, 10 inches up from the edge of your flower bed too. So that way you give it room to, to fill in up to the edge of your planter. Don't, don't put it right on the edge of your flower bed because then it'll um, be over top of your grass and you'll be mowing it away half the time. So, <laughs> so just give it, give it some room to grow. So. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that, I'm excited about that Those are all the part. fun things. I, I got to add some color in my 
in my thing, this this weed that comes up. Well, it's kind of a weed. It's kind of a perennial. I don't know what it is. It's kind of what this, is that? in a wet spot. I get this little. It's called like a horse hair, and it looks oh. like a, it almost looks like an asparagus fern. Yeah. Kind of not a really, but almost looks like green grass cover now. But it's yep. invasive. So yeah, yeah. either I got to spray it or or uh, we got to do some picking one of these well, days. Well, you got Derek. Yeah. Right. No, he's a landscaper. He's not lawn maintenance. So, oh, so to try and get okay. him to pick weeds, like there's a difference. Those guys, hey, like that's yeah, not what fair. he does. I'm a fair. I'm a scaper, not a yeah. not a maintenance guy. So. Okay. Well, maybe we'll call Brad. Maybe Brad can help. <laughs> yeah, maybe Brad. Yeah, Brad. What do you think? No. Uh, so I'm gonna try to make the best of it. I'm gonna try and leave it a bit, control it, and then I just gotta add some color because. Okay. Uh, it just looks like a big green wave of of uh, of green, so it just needs some some color to make it pop. So, well, let us know if we can help you, Merle. All right, we're, we're here figure, to help I'll you. Out. All right, we'll figure that out. Yeah. And um, so, as far as uh, so, you, you still got lots of pre-made planters and. Well, we do. We like- got some uh, fresh planters too. That uh, it's really hard working here a lot of the time because you know oh this one if I've already bought one and then a new one comes in um, but some of them they're so full now uh, there's Gara they've got some Alocasia those uh, elephant ears in some of them as well they're just stunning so they were just kind and of enjoying it was it. a little bit of a year this year so some stuff just mm-hmm. wasn't filled in on the first batch when it came from our from our growing greenhouses and and so now the, everything is caught up and man, it looks awesome when that comes in. It looks beautiful. It really so. does. Yeah, it yep. really does. So yeah, awesome. come on and take a peek. All right. Well, thanks, Jen. And I'm going to let you go. I'm going to uh, take my first break of the show here. And, uh, time for me to get back to the show and time for Jen to, to get back down to work and check out what's going on in the in the annual section and wherever else. I know Jen's all over the place at the store, which is always good. And uh, so say hi to Jen and the, and the team down there if you go down there today. And uh, and you're going to be listening to the rest of Let's Talk Gardening right here on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Garden Center. Spruce It Up, Green It Up, Prune It Up. We got you covered. Going to go right to the phone lines and I'm going to go to Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. Hi, Merle. Good morning. Hi. Hello. How can I help you? Hi. Yes. Um, I sent you pictures of my pansies. Yeah. And they're very leggy. I should have cut them sooner. But I'm wondering, as I asked in, the, in my text, how do I cut them so that I don't, I don't lose all of my blooms? And have- You're going to lose some blooms for the time being, but they'll re- rebound really quite quickly. Okay. Um, so if you just want to go in and maybe take a third cut, or if you sometimes you just take the whole thing, just give it a quick care cut and sort of <laughs> and just okay, bite the you, bullet. I also sent you a picture of one of the uh, stems. They're about yeah. nine inches long. Yeah. So if you just like if you just cut right above one of the nodes. Like okay. you can just cut them back. And is that picture of the one in the pot, is that as it is right now? Yes, the one's in a pot. That's what it looks like. Yeah, right. so, yeah, so, and they're just, they're perfect right now, but I know what you mean. They might get a little bit leggy. If you keep them under the heat, like real full sun, like if they're kind of in that mid-sun 
Right. Um, they'll keep a little bit light, nicer. Pansies don't like the super, super hot. Yeah, actually, um, they're on a front step that faces south, so they're getting okay. quite a bit of heat now. Yeah, so they'll take, but when we get the heat coming up, they will stretch out a bit more on you. So okay. what you can do is you can just pinch them back, like just take to sort of bite the bullet, like I was going to say, and just take the top third off the whole pot. Okay. And then it'll fill back in right away. Like okay, it, so it's nine long. inches. So if I leave about three inches from the root. Yeah. Yeah, okay. leave about, even if you were in half <laughs> I'll give it a try. I should forward. have done it sooner, but however. One more quick question. Yeah. Really curious this year because my petunias in my pots, something is stealing the whole plant and leaving nothing but the hole. I've never seen that happen before. Like, what animal takes the whole plant? I've got magpies um, squirrels. and squirrels. Yeah, squirrels will do that. Ah. It's okay, like well, picking up a fresh bushel. They're not bushel, now because bushel it's method, of, but before. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, they'll pick up, like, picking up a fresh bushel of lettuce to take home. They, ah, they'll right. stop by okay. and grab a petunia. And, well, thank you, Merle. Enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Love doing it. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to... Ruth. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? I have um, a question about um, surface roots on a, about a 50 to 60 foot spruce tree. Okay. That obviously come up out of the ground. Can they be cut off? Um, no. Okay. Um, it's because that's really like on a big spruce tree, those are the anchors. So they they don't really send, they send in one deeper root, but really most of their roots are all on the surface of the ground um, because that's what they need to anchor. And as that thing gets bigger, and you got to realize like it's like a big, like like, like a parachute, right? Like right. when the wind gets going, it needs a lot of, lot of air to hold itself up. So what you can do is I, I don't try to fight Mother Nature on that. So on the outside of the drip line, I just cut out all the grass or just remove the grass, or you can even just spray it with Roundup. And then I just cover it with bark mulch. Maybe put a couple boulders underneath there or something. Make it look good. Just kind of go with what Mother Nature is feeding you right now. Okay. And 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 that works the best. And that creates a really nice, healthy spot for the tree as well because it's going to hold a lot more moisture. Um, the needles fall down in there and kind of mix in with the bark mulch. And that prevents a lot of the pests that climb up into the spruce tree as well. Okay. Should you put so, um, landscape cloth under the mulch? Um, no, you don't need to. Okay. No, what you do, because really nothing grows underneath there anyways. No. And whenever I use bark mulch, I don't use fabric because I like to let it weave itself together. Mm-hmm. And it creates its own weed barrier. Okay. And that way, if you ever want to plant something or anything. The only time I really use the fabric is if you're using like bark nuggets okay. or gravel or rock or something like that. Okay. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So, much. so hopefully that helps. And uh, like I said, that way it gives it a good, good, you're able to give it some really good water as well. Like a good, get one of those good little drip hoses in there and, uh, and give it some good, uh, good soaking. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right, and I got to take a break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Cloudy and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Jeff Smith. 
A rainy few days are ahead. Calgary's included in a special weather statement that stretches along the eastern slopes from Nordegg to Waterton. Many areas could see 50 millimeters and some 100 millimeters or more. The U.S. ambassador to Canada warns the country has to be concerned about investing in infrastructure that could lead to missed climate targets down the road. David Cohen was asked about comments regarding Alberta oil. That full interview on the West Block at 11 o'clock. Ottawa police have not announced any charges related to an incident that briefly led to the evacuation of Parliament Hill yesterday. Police say they received information earlier in the day about an unspecified potential threat. They later identified two persons and two vehicles of interest. 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms today, a high of 19, around 5 millimeters of rain tonight with a low of 10. Tomorrow, rain heavy at times 20 to 30 millimeters and a high of 13. It's 13 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Jeff Smith. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone line, but I'm just going to do one quick text here. Sorry. Good morning, Merle. I have yellowing leaves on my new apple tree planted this spring. Is this a bug, fungus, or something else? Um, no, it it looks like it's just a little bit of inconsistent watering. So whenever you get planted new, newly planted trees, ensure that you do that slow, deep watering sort of two to three times a week. Um even with the little bit of rain that we had had in the past, except for the rain that's coming, it does come, like I said, that that will soak in. But a lot of times the that comes just, just covers the top a little bit. And when you plant a new tree, you've dug a hole about a foot deep. So ensure that you put the hose over top of the root ball um, and just let it dribble out of the hose and leave it for a couple hours. Just put just that little slow trickle or get yourself a tree watering bag and fill them up two to three times a week. It makes a big difference um, to that if you uh, if you could do that. And just do that for the first couple of years just to get it really rooted in. It makes a big, big difference. So we'll go from there. But right now I'm going to go to the phone line, and I think I'm going to go. Did you already do Don? No. Okay, I'm going to go to Don. Thanks. Hey, good morning, morning. Don. Appreciate your show. Your input. Yeah, I love doing it. How can I help you? <clears throat> so, just a conversation about tilling or not tilling your garden, rototilling the garden. Yeah. Any opinions on that? Um, I, I, I think it's always good to rototill a bit, but you don't want to overdo it. Like some, like I like to leave mine chunky over the winter. But it's always good when you're working in the new stuff to make it a little bit nice. But I know some people, if you overtill it, you'll just all of a sudden create dust. So if you're adding amendments to your soil, it's important to to work them in and and with a rototiller or just breaking it up by hand and and with a shovel and then breaking it up a bit, mixing the new ingredients together. Um, so, but. On, on other things, if you're not adding new amendments, I'd do very little um, tilling myself then. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that. You could hurt the soil structure by tilling the soil excessively. Absolutely. No, because what you do is you break it up, right? And then you're you're almost creating dust. You sort of break apart all the components. Yeah. But if you're adding new stuff, and I know you can just add it and sort of, you don't necessarily tilling like a heavy rototiller. When you, some people really love that really nice. So it just feels like <laughs> like walking on a beach almost, you know. And yeah. but you don't. That's a little bit excessive. So just over it a couple times, make it nice. Add in your new 
um, amendments, whether you're compost or whatever you're adding, and and just work it in nicely. But yeah, that's usually more than suffice. I have another question about a perennial geranium. Okay. So it's a, it's one that produces blue flowers. Yeah, very invasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part's true. I've, <laughs> I've had a bit of it, and it uh, it's not blooming almost at all anymore. And to just let it go, or anything to be due. Yeah, like it it, it, they do get old, and they kind of like use up. They seem to use up what they've done, and they just they've they've reseed themselves so many times and they really become just almost a foliage plant and you don't get a lot of plants from them or a lot of flowers off of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So what I would do is either go through, dig them out or use Roundup, clean them up. They're hard to control too, because they can get away on you. Um, So you might want to uh, just get those back under control and start with something else. Okay. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to David. Good morning, David. Morning, Merle. Hi, Dave. Hey, hey how can I help you? Yeah, sure. Last October, we moved into a house in, in Parkland, and the previous owners have really nicely landscaped. Out front, they have two, I don't know what to call it, two big tufts. It looks just like wheat, about four feet high, four and a half feet high. It looks lovely. I and mean, we just kept it there all winter. And I'm noticing right now it's looking a bit scraggly and stuff. And I thought, should I be cutting it down every fall? Or, or do you know what I'm talking about? I, even? Yeah, yeah, Carl Forrester. Carl yeah, Forrester, okay. Yeah, cut it back in the spring. Oh, First so thing am in I the too spring, late now? Or? No, just get in there. Just go down as low as you can. Just cut it right off, and uh, and you'll be fine. Perfect. Hey, thanks very much. We love this. Yeah. So, but leave it. Yeah, leave it in the winter because then it gives you some winter interest. Oh, totally. And it was amazing. Like everything else was gone, but that was like blowing in in the in the snowstorms and all that. It looked really quite nice. So, um, no, I absolutely. love it. Thank you. Yeah, just first thing in the spring, like. Early May, late April, sort of thing. When you first get out there, just cut it back at that time and get as low as you can, and it'll it'll just come up nice. I'm looking at mine right now; they're probably just about 18 inches high. They're just starting to get nice and full of green right now. So right. Oh, I'm a little bit late, but that's okay. Also, I noticed totally at the fine. base here, there's a bunch of grass growing up. Is that grass, or is that the Carl Forster as well? That's the Carl Forster coming up. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I better get out yeah. today then. Obviously, okay. <laughs> Yeah, get out there, give it a good chop, and then it'll uh, it'll just push up nice and create those big uh, wheat plumes for you. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. All right. Take care. You Bye-bye. Too. Bye-bye. All right. And where are we at for time? i got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to uh, Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Morning. Hey, how are you? Good. Happy Sunday, buddy. Yes, of course. Hey, I got... Uh, you, did you send me a text as well as this year? Yeah, yeah. The, I got a couple giant pine trees, that, and then I got a question uh, about Roundup. Yeah, the those pine cones, and I'm seeing them everywhere. I was out at a at a golf uh, charity, and it was for kids. It was a really good one. But I noticed that on the golf course, and I'm noticing all around, all the spruce trees are sending out mass cones right now. Like, yeah, but they're red. I, I've never yeah, seen that's that even, but that's the that's the cones. So when they start out like that, and then they'll turn into the actual cones. So okay, I just never seen them that color before. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. They're going to come in, and then they'll just turn into the the spruce cones in mass. But I just wonder why so many. Like, there's 
like I know that a lot of the spruce trees are under stress right now. Yeah, maybe they got stressed last year in that heat heat thing. Yeah, they and, might. Uh, uh, unless they might know something more about Mother Nature. Something's coming. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like these these trees these trees are they're like fifty years old. Oh no, I see them everywhere, and they're all from. Usually, you'll see the spruce trees will do it like sort of at the top in a big cluster or a certain area. But right. man, like everywhere, like all over Calgary, everywhere I've seen them. And I was out west of Calgary. Like I said golfing last week, and then I was just out at a ranch um, a couple of days ago. All the spruce trees out there. And when I'm driving around town, I'm seeing it. And obviously, you're south of Calgary, so yeah. you're, they're they're doing it there. It's just, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah, we're we're getting a lot of cones on the spruce trees. So, yeah. Um, so, hey, you you do a lot of golfing? I, well, if I can get out once in a while, not not a ton. Yeah, but. just a quick question: Do your elbows bug you when you golf? Like a tennis <laughs> elbow, tennis elbow no. thing? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, that's my problem. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm I'm fairly fortunate that way. Good, okay. good, still got good elbows. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. You don't have to get that worked on yet. Okay. And do you have a question about uh, yeah, you were saying round roundup? Up. Roundup. Uh, is it best? Like I was in Spruce there about a month ago. I bought a nice sprayer and a couple bottles of the concentrate. And my yeah. question is: Is it better to weed whack the? Like I got a bunch of like grass and thistles and I want to get rid of them. Is it best to weed whack first or just spray right on them? No, spray first and then let it totally work. Let it die. Okay. And then and then do then pull up. And I had so many people like they start pulling the quack grass out or whatever they're spraying. And what yeah. it does that breaks up the root more and actually creates more of a problem. So Oh, okay. So all right. So just spray the heck out of it and then yeah, let it die, leave it for a week or two till it's yep. totally brown, let it get into the root, and then just dig it up after that, and then it'll work a lot better. Okay, I'm on a mission. I'm going to go kill stuff today. All right, good luck. Yeah, don't waste too much because it's going to start raining, so um, so maybe uh, wait till after the rain. Okay, All right. Th- thanks, Dwight. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. All right, and I better take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi, Merle. I'm uh, in Grand Prairie. And um, my question is about my half-cap bush. Um, okay. I have two different varieties. And the bigger one, more mature one now, is starting to fruit. And I've noticed quite a lot of flies over there they're not really flies they're just like almost like a mosquito but not really yeah and we noticed some green worms so okay what you can use is a product called btk btk yeah btk it's a natural it's it's works really good on worms and caterpillars and all that Mm -hmm. stuff 
BDK. Oh, okay. I put BTK. some soap on it. Yeah, just but but make sure you rinse it off. That's oh, the only thing with that. Is a lot of those insecticidal soaps, they'll suffocate your plant. So you have to spray it on, leave it on for about an hour or so, and then you got to take it off. You got to rinse it off. Otherwise, oh. it, yeah. Otherwise, it will, it will, um, it will oh, burn it too. It will yeah. suffocate. But then, if, the, if you get the real sun going on it, it, it's a really good chance it will sunburn. It works like a magnifying glass. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I know it's a bit um, in the shade until later on in the day. So. Um, yeah. So what you just need to do is, yeah, just um, um, rinse this. I would spray it, rinse it off, and yeah. and then that way, it uh, it will definitely um, it'll prevent any of that damage that could happen. So. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you very much, then, Merle. Yeah. Have other than that, other than that, you should be fine. It's good to see you're getting your fruit already. Those are great plants. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting quite a few little clusters, and uh, it's about my first year of really getting a good bat, so I hope to get them before the birds do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, take yeah. care. Thank Thanks, you. Linda. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I got a one text here. I have a 15-year-old rose tree of China, double-flowering plum, or and that never flowered this year. Is that normal? Um. Typically not. It probably it could have started budding early and maybe got touched with that frost. Um, but what I would do right now at this time of year, if you have something that isn't blooming, you got to build the phosphate back up in the soil. So give it a really good watering and water, then fertilize it a few times with the 15, 30, 15, something like that will definitely make a big difference. And it'll build that phosphate up and get it blooming again next year for it. Or if you did a little bit of pruning last year on it, any shaping you could have cut off the the buds so but hopefully it will rebloom again for you because those are beautiful they come in they bloom so fast so you don't want to miss it and i'm going to go to barb good morning barb hi hi there how hi. can i help you uh calling from calgary i live in a town home complex and each okay. unit has like a 10 foot square lot of land in quotes in front and I have a 40 year old beautiful evergreen in front and the south side of it is all rusty brown and the north looks healthy so I'm new in the unit and I'm just wondering if it's dying of thirst or if it's got some kind of yeah it is dying of thirst and is the side where it's kind of brown is that closer to the building there, there, it's all right beside our building. Yeah. So what it is on the south side, it, it gets the reflection in that off the. So it probably gets really hot on that side. Oh and, wow. Yeah, and it's somewhat it's sunburned. It sort of burns the needles off, right? Oh my gosh. Kind of, okay. Sort of creates those little microclimates in there, and, right. and so bark mulch underneath it is would help. And ensure that you give it some more water. And this, this what you can do is even just hose that, and hopefully get some of those needles to regrow in there. And so uh, but how often do I water? Like I just run a hose. Once a week would be good. Like if you get one of those soaker hoses, 
Um, yeah. Once a week would be great. They let it go for a couple hours just to that way you're not wasting any water and it just and it just really soaks the. And if you can bark mulch down <laughs> underneath it, it makes yeah, a big difference. That. Okay, perfect. Oh, fantastic. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Well, you're on the right track, Barb. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right. And if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I do have, uh, I had a text earlier, and right now, if you're growing spinach, some of the leafy things, over the last few years, like in same with beets, we've been getting that, it's a little leaf miner, and it gets into your leaves. As soon as you start seeing it, just pick those leaves off, and it's a na it's a nasty little thing. Uh, that's really all we can do. You can use malathion on them. A couple other things. I just hate spraying anything I'm going to eat with something like that. So um, you can try a little bit of pure spray green, but um, on those leaf miners, once they get inside the leaf, there's not a lot we can do. And I'm not sure where they came from. It just seems like I don't ever remember seeing them as a kid on our plants, and we had tons of spinach and Swiss chard and that. But now, even I was trying to grow it in my veggie box, and last year I just got full of those leaf miners. It's they're quite a pain. So I would like to come up with a solution. If anybody has a good solution for the leaf miner in your veggie, let me know. Uh, would love to pass that on um, to everybody else as well. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Wendy. Good morning, Wendy. Hey, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? <laughs> well, first of all, um, I wanted to tell you it was nice to see you last week. Bought the the um, that uh, Concord Barberry. Do you remember? Oh, nice. We were talking about yeah. That? Yeah. No, we got them planted, and uh -huh. it looks really nice. Really nice. Good. So, it's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it does. We'll see, nice. see how it does. I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I love those because they create, like, they kind of, as they get in there a bit more um, and the leaves fill in, um, they, yep. they'll they turn into, like, little, like, just that little uh, crimson balls. Like, they're, they kind of get a really okay. nice round shape. They're gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be really pretty. And then we've got the, um, what was it, the quick fire hydrangea kind of behind it. Yeah. So. Perfect. Yeah. No, no, I think it'll be good. But no, Merle, I wanted to talk to you. I have an I live in a, a townhouse. Um, yeah. I have an apple tree, and I had sent you pictures of this apple tree. Um, uh, this was a while back um, because I was concerned. Do you remember, like, it was the bark was coming off the tree, and I thought, well, maybe it might be woodpeckers. Yeah. You didn't you didn't think so and um anyway so i still have that and i was out there a few weeks ago and ran into a, a fellow by the name of terry and i got to talking to him and yeah he didn't think it was of a concern either but but what i'm wondering here um like last year it didn't flower so this year i thought it would but it didn't i only had two blossoms and that was it and so i'm just wondering what's going on so what i wanted to do is go out and fertilize 
Yeah. And that would be my main question here. Is yeah, right now it's with, 15, 30, 15. The same as any of your blooming. So all the stuff right. that you're going to use on that hydrangea, your yeah. um, any of your flower baskets. Um, 15, again, 30, 15. Yeah, and right now is a great yep. time to do that. Or even just after all this big rain that's going to come. Okay, see, that was my question. Should I wait until all the rain comes? And then I, I, I would, yeah, and that's perfect because everything's going to be nice and saturated. Oh, okay. Um, and that point, and same with fertilizing any other trees, that, that'll that be a perfect time. As soon as it's done with that rain, if we all get out and give our trees a good drink after that, they'll just say, this is awesome. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, that was my main question. I've been rambling yeah. on here. But anyway, Merle, thanks a lot. Perfect. Have a good, all right. Have a good day. Take care. Thanks, Wendy. Okay, Glad okay, that worked bye-bye. out. Take care. Bye-bye. And where am I at for time? I'm a little bit tight. So, uh, Mike, I'm just going to get you after the break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. I'll read a couple texts here before I take a break. Um, I heard on the news that spruce pollen is the reaction to last year's heat wave. Yeah, it seems because they're under stress, but we're seeing just so much of the and these cones and someone was out asking me isn't that the pollen um that you hit on your trees and shakes on the vehicle yeah it's unbelievable i was in an older area yesterday i was up in oak ridge and uh this the mound of pollen i just washed my truck and and <laughs> it was just covered in this yellow pollen but it, that's not only that too it's just all those cones it just has me concerned i just haven't never seen just so many cones on the spruce trees and just such mass um, all around the city and uh, and then out in the country as well. So I also have another question. Do you have any ladybugs? Again, I'm not sure what's going on with the ladybugs. We still um, have not been able to find a good source to get them in yet. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can get some in and we'll, we'll see about that. I'll keep you posted here. But right now I'm going to take a break. For the news you're listening to, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Cloudy and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Jeff Smith. The comments were called ill-informed and unproductive by Alberta's energy minister. Some had hoped the U.S. might look to Alberta as a solution to weaning off Russian oil and addressing rising pump prices. But then the U.S. ambassador to Canada was quoted in the National Post as saying the U.S. was, quote, not really in the market to expand oil and gas links to Canada. Now, Cohen was asked about those statements by Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief Mercedes Stevenson. Cohen says the U.S. will always be interested in more oil and gas, including from Alberta, but... We have to be very careful about making major investments, tens of billions of dollars of investments that will produce more fossil fuels five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that will increase emissions and make it difficult or impossible to achieve the climate change targets that we need to achieve. And you can hear that full interview on the West Block this morning at 11 on 770 CHQR. The president of the Forest Lawn Community Association says it's just what his neighborhood needs. Gargar is pleased to see the proposed addition of a federal riding to Calgary. Calgary McKnight would be between the Skyview and Forest Lawn ridings. Gar feels his neighborhood has been unrepresented in Ottawa. When we want something, we have to beg for it. We have to fight for it. And simply, uh, we should not have that. And the kids will have that choice. 
The changes are based on population change in the most recent census. And since 2011, Calgary has grown by nearly 300,000 people. This just in, Senate bargainers in the U.S. have announced a bipartisan framework responding to last month's mass shootings in New York and Texas. It's a measured breakthrough offering modest gun curbs and bolstered efforts to improve school safety and mental health programs. The proposal falls far short of tougher curbs long sought by President Joe Biden and many Democrats, but if the accord leads to the enactment of legislation, it would signal a turn from years of gun massacres that have yielded little but stalemate in Congress. Police arrested 31 members of the white supremacist group Patriot Front near an Idaho Pride event yesterday, saying they were there to riot. Julie Walker reports. Coeur d'Alene Police Chief Lee White says the 31 men were packed into the back of a U-Haul, along with detailed plans and riot gear, including at least one smoke grenade, multiple shin guards, and other shields. The men, who came from at least 11 different states, were wearing khakis along with shirts and hats with the Patriot Front identification and covering their faces and heads with white balaclavas, which is like a ski mask. Police say they were not only going to riot at the Pride Parade, but in several downtown areas. The chief says they were tipped off by a concerned citizen who saw them loading into the U-Haul. I'm Julie Walker. Ukraine's president says his country's forces are defying expectations by preventing Russian troops from overrunning eastern Ukraine. Vladimir Zelensky says he was proud of the Ukrainian defenders holding back the Russian advance in the Donbass region, which borders Russia, and where Moscow-backed separatists have controlled much of the territory for eight years. The Ukrainian leader says Russia has suffered about three times as many military casualties as the number estimated for the Ukrainian side. There are no reliable independent estimates of the war's death toll so far. Global News Sky Tracker weather, partly cloudy today with a 60% chance of afternoon showers or thunderstorms, a high 19, but we are still under that special weather statement, forecasting quite a bit of rain along the eastern slopes and as far east as Calgary, around 5 millimeters tonight with a low of 10. Rain heavy at times tomorrow, 20 to 30 millimeters, and a high of 13, showers and 13 on Tuesday. It's 13 degrees at 904, uh, 10.04, I should say, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Jeff Smith. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Let's join me. Phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and I have Don on the line. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Don. Hey, Don. Sounds like he's in an airplane. So flying. Hey, Don. No. All right. I'm going to put Don maybe back on hold. We'll go to Don H., Good morning, Don. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. <laughs> the other Don's up. He's up flying around in his airplane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How can I help you, Don? Yeah, I got a couple lilac shrubs that are in front of my house, and both one's by the walkway to the main entrance, and one's by the uh, deck. Um, about five years ago, uh, we let these things get out of control, so we brought in an arborist to. Um, you know, trim them down to get things under control. One grew back almost too healthy, and it's taken over the place again. And, uh, and then the other one is struggling. It, uh, it took a little bit of a beating when we did the, I'm going to call it the, the brush cut. Okay. To get it down to size. But uh, did, you, so the, did you take it right down to the ground or just halfway or? 
Uh, I would say we racked it down probably about um, a third. So I would say it was about four to five feet tall after the cut. Okay. Is there just lots of deadwood in it? Yeah. 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 So what I would do is just the one that's suffering, I would just take it right down to the ground. Hmm. And it, it will grow right back up. You'll be amazed at how fast that thing will grow. Because right now it's using all its energy trying to re revitalize that old deadwood in it. Yeah. And uh, so if you just take them right down to the ground, um, four to six inches, something like that, and it'll just send up a whole bunch of new shoots and grow up like crazy. And then you can thin it out too. Like if it sends up 10, if you kind of want to thin it out and, and shape it, you can remove a bit of them at, at that time as well. But okay, yeah. you'll be, be amazed at how fast it'll fill in. Okay, but um, I've already got um, um, shoots coming up you know, down from the bottom that seem to be quite healthy. So I, yeah. I would cut those too, or, or not? Um, if you can, it's just hard to, and I'm just trying to think about, I'm just most time they're pretty hard to get in. If you can get in and just cut the old stuff out and leave yeah. that new, that would be great. Um, okay. But a lot of times it's hard to do that, and the and the lilacs are pretty soft, so the saw touching it and stuff, it, it'll be a little bit tougher. But if you can do that, absolutely. If you can get in there and just cut those out, that would be great. Okay, and now this other one, it's um, it's about seven feet tall. Okay. You know, and it's it's growing, you know, it's taking over my entranceway and trying to take over the deck. I have no idea how... How much you can yeah. trim these things, and well, when is the right time to do it? As soon as they're done blooming. So as soon as it's done blooming, you can shape them. But whenever you shape them, you're going to lose probably some blooms maybe next year because a lilac isn't really meant to be kept at a certain height. Um, the only other thing I'd maybe recommend is is to maybe move those two somewhere else out of the away from the house and give yeah. them room to grow. Because seven, eight feet, that's where a lilac really likes to be in that seven to ten feet tall. Uh, and so you're trying to keep something contained, right? And, well, and <laughs> no choice here. Yeah. Uh, so so they are fairly easy to move, not not super easy, but the root they don't have big thick roots, so they do have fairly fibrous roots. So if you did want to try and move it in the early spring or late fall. Um, you could do that at that time as well. All right. So if I could just go back to that one that was uh, the one that was suffering there, is it okay to just cut the deadwood off here and wait till these blooms? Yep. You know that are all yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Just do that. And so right because right now it's it's trying it's using up a bunch bunch of its energy trying to revive that old wood, right? So if okay. you just get rid of it, all that energy goes into growing new growth, which you want to do. So. Okay, perfect. Okay, yep. that's my question. And and you can keep it contained, like um, like in the community of Sundance, like they have a hedge all the way around their perimeter on the west side of the of the lake there, and and they just keep it pruned, right? And and you'll see it'll bloom all over the sides. It just doesn't bloom on top, so uh, it can they can be contained, but it, it's just something you should do every year. Don't let the branches get really big. And then maybe it's every 10 years you take them down to the ground and then rejuvenate them and then let them come up from the bottom again. So. All right. Okay, you've answered my questions. Thank you. All right. Yep, take care. Thanks, Don. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And let's maybe see if the 
if the other Don is back in there. I'm not sure if he's on there. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning. Sorry about that. I was uh, cutting grass in between long in between. Oh, it sounded it, it sounded like you're up in an airplane. So it. <laughs> no, I thought I thought I could get the front grass cut while while you were on doing news and getting to Mike. Oh, nice. No worries. Hey, how can I help you? I just uh, I bought some uh, I bought some lupins, and I have a tendency to buy with my eyes, not my head. And yeah. that, so I don't. I've never. I, I just saw them, and I just I was fascinated with them. And uh, so I just like to just some basic information on uh, on keeping them. See if I can get them keep, keep them for more than a year. Yeah, they they're actually fairly easy. And but the only thing is with a lupin, they'll come in, they'll bloom early summer, and then they're somewhat done. But I like to deadhead them. So when the flower starts to fade on them, just yeah. cut the flowers off. And there's okay. probably a good chance that you can get a second batch of blooms come out of them. Okay. They do like a fairly sunny spot, but I wouldn't yeah. put them in the front and center of my garden. I'd put them in the second row, like like so, so they pop up in behind something, give you some okay. gorgeous blooms, and then when okay. they're done, they kind of just fade back into the into the background because once they're done blooming, they're not yeah they're not the nicest plant. They're sort of like a peony. I like yeah. I said peonies, a lot of those. I like to stick them in the second row. Like okay. third row. Yeah, that's great. What about winter? Anything special for winter? No, just let them die back onto themselves. Um, water them in well in the thing. Don't do any spring cleanup until spring or any okay. fall cleanup. Like kind of let the foliage die over top. That helps protect it. And okay. yeah, that's it. And like I said, when they're done blooming, um, you'll see a whole bunch of little, like they look like pea pods or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Just. Just go in and cut those off right away because then, okay. again, it thinks that it set its seed. So if you try to trick it and then cut those off, it'll think, hey, this Dawn guy's cutting all my seeds. I better, I'm going to give him some more flowers. So they'll send okay. out another batch of flowers. So give that a try. Will, it, will, will they spread at all? Um, they do self-seed themselves a bit. but They're not invasive, but they, they have been known to reseed themselves. So Okay, good, good. Okay, Alrighty. thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Marty. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, quick question. I um, I have an infestation of ants in one of my raised mushroom beds, and I'm not sure if they're going to kill the bed eventually, but a lot of my research that I've done on it has gone back to uh, natural diatomaceous earth. Yeah, and I just wanted to know if you've ever used it or your opinion on it. Yeah, it work? it's probably the most used product for ants. Like it's the one like if you grab the antode and stuff like that, the main product, if the main um, ingredient, if you look in it, is diatomaceous earth. So what it is, it's just like a really really sharp sand, like or a granular from some sort of mineral. Um, from di whatever the diatomaceous rock is. So okay. it's just really sharp. So when you put that in the ground, it just makes it very uncomfortable for the ants to move around. It cuts them, right? So I'd be walking through uh, a bunch of bob wire. So would I just put that on top and then it would work its way yeah, through the... Yeah, it makes it into the soil, yeah. Okay. Um, and the only other thing is, yeah, you, yeah well, yeah, you got to be careful with that too because it's really sharp and it can get into your... Like, so when you do it, don't sprinkle it um, when it's really windy and just try and keep it low because it can get into your eyes and stuff. So just be careful with it. But we can and, eat the mushrooms after we, we yeah, by using absolutely. that? Okay. okay. Yeah. The only other thing is how do you, how does your mushroom bed, like is it in the ground or? Well, it's a raised bed. 
and it's just uh, I bought the kits from you guys. Uh, so yeah. It's just a raised bed, right? And and it's layered with the sawdust and the mulch, and and uh, I put some uh, uh, some compost on top of it. Uh, do you have room to to do the ant hotel on there? Uh, I don't know like, what the ant hotel is. Okay. Okay, we have a, a gentleman who calls in, and what it is is if you get a, a large, like a two-gallon nursery pot yeah. and fill it with soil mm-hmm. and then put a lid on it, and then so with the holes on it, put that right on top of where the ants are, and okay. they, they'll think that's a better place to go. Like They'll think they're going to the pentos, right? So they'll oh, crawl okay. into those holes, and they'll move into that pot. So it'll take a while. A um, couple of weeks, whatever, but they'll all move into that, and they'll move their queen up into the up into the penthouse, into that pot, oh. and then you can just take them away. Interesting. And I would, yeah, if you could do that, I, I would love that, Marty. If you could do that, and then give me some feedback and and let us know how this works. Okay, that sounds good. I'll try that. It's probably a little bit better than spraying something in there that I yeah. And of. also, yeah. Ber- Bernice just sent me a quick text. She goes. Uh, Baking soda works on ants. I haven't heard of that, but maybe try that. Okay, perfect. And you had a lady on earlier. She was talking about insecticidal soap, and you said to wash it off. Yes. Um, that, you don't have to do that with the pure spray green, though, right? No, no. Okay, no. That's why I like it a lot better, because yeah. if you do forget, I've seen I had a couple people bring in some stuff that was really damaged. They sprayed it with the with the insecticidal soap, and they didn't right. rinse it off, and it just suffocates the leaves, and that causes yeah. more harm. So. No, we're using pure spray, so that's perfect. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, awesome. Have a good Sunday. Take care. Okay, yeah, bye. you too. Thanks, Marty. Bye-bye. And don't forget to update us, Marty, on the Hobart Hotel. Um, love to hear that. That'd be awesome. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. Uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to, I got a quick question here. How do I correct the chlorosis in my Manitoba maple? Will Rage Plus help, or should I use chelated iron? The chelated iron will definitely help more to get the color back. If you get if your plants start going chlorotic on you, where they start fading, turn really sort of yellowy, um, really light green, definitely um, I would give it a couple shots of the chelated iron, and that should help you out with that for sure. I'm gonna go to the phone line, and I'm gonna go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Merle, you there? Yeah. Hey, how can I help you? Listen, uh, I got a. I got a lot of poplar trees around my property. I hate them. I think they're planted by the devil himself. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so some cities in the world won't even allow them planted in their city. They're so invasive. Anyways, uh, these sucker roots from them, they, like, the closest tree to my yard that I've allowed to live, you know, they come, they're, they're 20 meters into my garden. How do I yeah. find them? How do I stop them from coming and just, like, they take all the moisture and nutrients out of my garden? I'm forever digging them and cutting them up and trying to get them. Is there a more permanent way besides chopping the tree down? Um, no. Um, really, if you get them in there, because that's sort of just trying to, when you get, especially if you have a bunch of them like that, 
just they're they're taking up all the moisture, right? So they're just sending yeah. up more and more roots, and they're competing with each other. So they they send their roots to the surface because there's just nothing down below, and we haven't had the a lot of moisture for the last couple of years either. Last four or five been really quite dry throughout the yeah, summer. Yeah, because they've even they've even lifted up my yeah my pavers like they like they put them six inches into the air, you know. Yep. Um, but so I chopped them, you know, and I seem to win the battle for a year or a summer, and then it's just right back. They grow quicker yeah. than the dandelion, like it's crazy. Yeah. No, no, they once and when they get big, they're very vigorous. They can grow like crazy. So, really, the only way is to cut them down, and and especially in an area where you're at is, it, and then you need to get a bobcat in and just take all the roots out. You almost have to excavate your whole yard out. Like yeah. dig out the top six eight inches, just yeah, remove that, everything. On that one. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so there's there's not something. So I got probably tw- uh, maybe ten meters buffer that I've finally got. Um, there's not something a soil additive that they don't like that would no. uh, not kill other things, but would make them no. the roots not come no, in they, my direction. They, no, like you said, they grow through asphalt. They grow through pavers. They grow through concrete. Like they, yeah. they just, they just. Cause especially if you're trying to grow something in the other spot, you're, yeah. you're probably watering more. You're making it more lush, right? Yeah. So you it's betcha. sort of like grass is greener on the other side of the fence. It, they're coming for you. I got the yeah. greenest, biggest poplar trees you can see. I tell you, and I, I don't even yeah. like them. But yeah, they're coming for you. That's all. Yeah. So all either right, try and find a different spot. Um, you can try and water a little bit more often, slower, deeper to keep the roots down. But once yeah. they get up, it's you can't you can't do nothing. Yes, yeah. and and how 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 deep will they go? Like, say if I put in a like a you know I I I can pound in a, you know a six or eight inch uh, three quarter inch metal bar through the into the dirt. Will they go underneath it, or do they? Will, will will they go deep like that, or will they just run into that steel and stop? Um, no, they'll go down and around and will, underneath right? it and okay. come back up. There. Especially if they're not getting water. If they get if they're getting enough water where they're at. Um, yeah. So if you go down and cut all the roots, like if you get a a trimmer, and what you can do is rent a trencher. I did. And so, okay, perfect. So if you did that and you sort of go that ten feet out and this goes yeah. deep as you can with that trencher all the way yeah. around so that's going to yeah. cut that perimeter and then on the other side but if you can if you add mulch underneath the poplars on the other side and yeah, a yeah. good irrigation system and try and just water a little bit more where they're at that'll keep them happy they they won't have the need to go where it's dry they're going to stay where the water is okay okay and then one off the cuff question what will actually kill a poplar tree besides chopping it down a chainsaw, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's it, eh? Okay. All right. Sir, and even then, even then, you need to get a bobcat to rip the roots out, right? I know, I know. That's why I say they're put on earth by the devil. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Take Bye. care, bud. Bye, bye. All right. Where am I at? For time. Got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi there. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? You were talking before about leaf miner on Swiss chard, and I want to share yes. my experience with you. 
So okay, a couple please. of years ago, I bought a couple of freestanding planter boxes, and these were about three feet tall, and we put brand new soil in. Everything's brand new. I, I planted Swiss chard, and I had the leaf miner in it. I lost at least half my Swiss chard to leaf miner, which drove me crazy because it's new yeah. soil. Everything's new. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. So what I did last year is I put a floating row cover over that Swiss chard, Unbelievable yep. Swiss chard. Zero leaf miner. I could have won awards. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so that so they that means they come in as the fly, and so when you put the row cover, that protects them from the fly flying in, and then they turn into the worm, into the, into the leaf miner. So right. perfect. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And, like, I've got a brown thumb. Everything I bring home dies. So if I can grow Swiss chard like that, it's really worth a try. Absolutely. No, I'll have to do that, and then I'll have to recommend that because I know you need to do that with some of the carrots. There's the, the other fly that goes after the carrots as well. So, Great. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So if you're getting leaf miner on your beets and on your Swiss chard, your spinach, um, Linda's recommending that we use a, a row cover that worked really well for her. So, and what the roll cover is, is sort of like a frost blanket, um, and you can get it. So it's still letting moisture and light through, um, but it prevents um, the flies and stuff getting in there. And and we, I, I'm not sure. Hopefully, we still have some, but we had them as little kits. They had like the little croquet hoops, and if you if you don't have, them, you could always get clothes, a uh, couple clothes hangers, and just make some. Um, hoops out of the wire and then just create like a little mini structure over them to hold the fabric off of the off of your Swiss chard or your spinach and uh, and look after it that way and just to keep those little beggars off there. But that sounds like a good solution. So uh, I definitely appreciate um, that. And here I got another um, recommendation for ants. Merle, fine cornmeal or cream of wheat works great on ants. Takes a week or two, but once the food makes it back to the nest, that'll be the end. Okay, so Mark from Drumheller saying um, cornmeal or cream of wheat um, works great on ants. So what it is, so it must be when they eat it, and when it gets wet a little bit, it expands and then just takes them out that way. Must be something like that. Anyways, thanks for the tip. Right now, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mainly cloudy and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Jeff Smith. In the U.S., Senate bargainers have announced a bipartisan framework in response to last month's mass shootings in New York and Texas. It's a measured breakthrough offering some modest gun curbs, along with bolstered efforts to improve school safety and mental health programs. The proposal does fall far short of tougher curbs long sought by President Joe Biden and many Democrats, but if it passes, it would signal a turn from years of gun massacres that have yielded little but stalemate in Congress. A rainy few days are ahead. Calgary is included in a special weather statement that stretches along the eastern slopes from Nordegg to Waterton. Many areas could see 50 millimeters of rain and some 100 millimeters or more. The U.S. ambassador to Canada warns his country has to be concerned about investing in infrastructure that could lead to missed climate targets down the road. David Cohen was asked about comments regarding Alberta oil on the West Block, and that full interview is coming up at 11. 
Riders on horseback and two wagons are on their way to Jasper from Hinton today, raising awareness for missing and murdered Indigenous people in Canada. Organizers are referring to the route as the Trail of Tears. That's a reference to BC's Highway of Tears, Highway 16 between Prince George and Prince Rupert, where dozens of Indigenous women have disappeared. The 50-kilometer ride is expected to last two days. Ottawa police have not announced any charges related to an incident that briefly led to the evacuation of Parliament Hill yesterday. Police say they received information earlier in the day about an unspecified potential threat, and they later identified two persons and two vehicles of interest. Partly cloudy today with a 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms, a high of 19. Showers turning to rain overnight around 5 millimeters, low 10. Rain heavy at times tomorrow, 20 to 30 millimeters expected, high 13. It's 14 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Jeff Smith. This, sorry about that. Hi, welcome back to Lisa Garden. I'm Earl Coombs. I turned my mic off for a second. I had that quick cough and then I got sidetracked. So I apologize for that for a couple seconds. Um, I'm going to go to the text here. I just got a couple of quick texts and then I'm going to take some calls. Good morning, Merle. I'm trying to start some apple seeds with no luck so far. The only problem, Sharon, is you can't grow apples from apple seeds here in Canada. Um, well, you can get them going to grow, but chances are they will not winter. They will not survive over the winter. They All of our fruit stock and, and apples and and most of the fruit that we get here are all grafted onto a hardy crab apple root. So if you look at a lot of the apple trees or even the um, ornamental crabs, a lot of them have a, they have a little hook on the bottom of the trunk and they've been grafted onto a hardy rootstock from a, a crab apple so they can survive. So um, unfortunately, Sharon, um, growing them from seed um, will will not work that well. And uh, I'm not even sure if it works in Kelowna or other places, but I know here all that stuff needs to be grafted onto a hardy rootstock so it will survive here. All right, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Patty. Good morning, Patty. Hi, Merrill. Thanks for your knowledge. Um, hey, no worries. How can I help you? <laughs> Hopefully. Um, <I> <laughs> Uh-oh, no pressure, eh? Yeah, so I'll try to talk fast because there's a little backstory. So we have two female dogs. One is a um, sorry, a rescue, and the other one we inherited. And okay. they're both females. And... Uh, they, neither of them have been trained, were trained. And so they, our lawn, and then we found out the uh, rescue is a digger. So our back lawn looks like crap. <laughs> Excuse me, I don't know if I'm going to yep. say that. So uh, it's bad. And so I just, but, um, so we put, we got some raised beds. Um, I got my farming family, so we I was able to get a bunch of old water tanks or water uh, troughs and stuff, and yep. so it looks pretty cool. But the lawn is literally a landmine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can't. I could, but I, I'm I can't um, resod it because it's just going to happen again, right? Well, it, it will. There is a couple of things you can do. Um, we have a product called Dog Spot Prevent. I have. I was. I got it from you. So, okay. um, so there's all these holes. So I'm thinking I'll fill in all the holes first. 
Yeah, so what you do is give everything a really good rake first. Yeah, and Um, then I'll rake the yellow stuff. Uh, But I've already put down my spring kind of application of the dog spot because I bought like four Okay, which is fine. That's good. It'll start... That'll start neutralizing the urine in the soil, which is perfect. But I still, I'm still going to rake it, put new yeah, seeds, still and I have rake. your seeds, and I'm going to put those down, and then a little bit of topsoil on that. Yeah, perfect. And then and just then, keep it moist until it germinates. And then if you're using our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, it'll really help. Like that combination of the Dog Spot Prevent and the Green It Up lawn fertilizer will yeah, get rid of the holes in the. And then they did took one of my beds out just by digging and whatever so i've got nothing in there just so but anyway um i just want to use your word they decimated it <laughs> oh yeah no they and yeah, uh, dogs like and they especially they get in there right and they if you get a digger it doesn't take <laughs> long before they can make a mess so and, uh, fill up the holes um rake the rest of the yard the yellow um yeah, put a little bit then, of grass seed in to rake it again and just keep try and keep it moist for a couple of weeks, and hopefully the dogs can stay out of it as best they can. Um, I also heard that cayenne. If you sprinkle cayenne, the dogs don't like the smell, so they won't dig. Yeah, they might that, but if you have two dogs in a big yard, that's a lot of cayenne pepper. No, <laughs> by bulk. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, I, I, th- uh, I think you what, what you want to do is try and train. Obviously, now that they're with you, is trying to get some training, and and come up with a bit of a, hopefully a solution that will help the grass recover from the from the from the pee from the female dogs. Um, I've always had a little bit of a dog run, so if the dogs are in the I, yard too, you could create an area. We always um, have have had dogs, and we've always had a dog run. Um, yep. They weren't trained to use it, and yep. it was winter time, so it was like. Yeah, uh, so I haven't been feeling well, so to go and drag them back and put them in the you know that area yeah. with the rocks is like was too hard. So then this spring, well, it's like <sighs> yeah. So, so hopefully that should help you out. Hopefully. So dirt rake seeds, seeds. and then I I'm using and then just trying your, your twenty twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, you can use the lo- liquid fertilizer, but I would just get the green it up lawn fertilizer and then just spread no, that yeah. out over okay. the. And I then, then you'll be set. Too. Yeah, then that should be perfect. Okay, well, wish me luck. Good luck. And it's just keeping the dogs off it, too, because they're also, when you're watering, you're going to be creating a bit of mud. So um, try, if you can do that today, today looks like we're still going to have a good day. If you can get some of it done today before the rain would be great and get the grass seed yeah, down. Yeah, just and I stuff. have to get the dirt and stuff. But um, <clears throat> so uh, but I also have one of those duck things, you know, the sensors. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, and that so, spray. Yeah, no, yeah. When you you plug it down, and then when any they, there's any motion. Yeah, the sprinkler sprays, will kick yeah. on. Yeah. Perfect. So, okay. All right. Well, well, good luck with that. Thanks, Patty. Yeah, take care. Thank you for your program. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go right 
to the phone line. I'm going to go to Maria. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. I um, have a question about a lilac that suckers underneath the fence from my neighbor's yard. Okay. I have a big space that's in its afternoon sun, this massive poplar shades it in the morning, but it's down at the bottom of my yard, and I need something big and colorful down there. I know it'll take a while, but I'm wondering, can I just, like, cut down and chop that sucker with a sharp... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're just vibrous, and it won't hurt um, the lilac at all either. They, they'll send up volunteers like that, um, and their they're, there's their roots are actually pretty soft, and they're like they're fibrous. They're not like a big hunk of wood, so you should be able to get down there and, and cut through that fairly easy. Absolutely. And regarding killing poplars, can you pound a copper nail into a tree to kill it? Um. I'm not too sure. I don't know. I don't think that would take out a poplar, though, like a, like a copper nail. Like I've seen all kinds of stuff in thick poplars, and they seem to get going. But possibly. Uh, but a copper nail is hard to find nowadays. Everybody's cashing them in for, for recycling. They're worth too much. <laughs> ah. I did uh, put these buds off my mugo pine, uh, what do you call them, the candles. Yeah, yeah, you just cut them them all in half. Yeah, I put them in soil. You you asked me to tell you if they grew roots. I left the tips out of the soil. It's only been a couple of weeks. I took a look. I don't see anything, but the brown tips aren't totally disintegrating. But I'm wondering, did I do it right? Should I have put the candle completely submerged in the soil. No, I, I would have left it up like you did. Okay. I, I just don't know if that's the, I think maybe it needs to take it, like maybe once the, so now off the rest of the tree, like when they when they first needle up, so when those candles expand and they actually turn into needles, try another one. Like So get one, and so once it's developed a bit more tissue, um, cut one off when it's really soft wood like that and stick it into the soil and maybe try that. Okay. And for the lady whose dogs are digging, I've got one of those digging dogs and you know, it's a, it's a great way for them to heal their, their injuries. They get on the earth and they, the natives used to do that. Really sick people were put into the earth. Not, not completely obviously. And yeah. unless they pass. But so <laughs> yes. I let my dog have a digging spot. <laughs> you just let him have one spot where he likes to go lay down. She kind of rotates all over the place, but it's okay. Yeah. And you were looking for uh, something in, in to put into that nice spot? Yeah. Um, Perennial I, I, would be. Yeah. That if it's nice and sunny and hot, even a lot of the the different hydrangeas are awesome too. Like some of the quick fires, something like that, and they get three to four feet high. So something like that, you could do a nice bed in there with that, and a couple of perennials, some echinaceas, or something like that would look really good. It's in the shade of this massive poplar. Okay, if it's shady, you <laughs> can use morning. Annabelle. Yeah, you can use Annabelle hydrangea then. It gets sun in the afternoon. Yeah, it'll it'll take it it'll take um sun and shade. Okay. You get big white blooms on it. And then even if you want to do ligularia, but if it gets too hot, the ligularia will wilt in the afternoon. So 
just sort of maybe it's afternoon, maybe go out there and see if it's really quite hot for like more than five hours, then you could use whatever hydrangea. You could use a quick fire or another variety. But if, if it stays under five hours of sun, um, five and under, I would stick with the Annabelle. Okay. All righty. And All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And actually, I might as well just take a break because that gives me a couple of minutes extra just on the next little segment. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Agnes. Good morning, Agnes. Good morning, good morning Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? Well, I think it's a ca- uh, aloe vera cactus. Okay. And it has the needles on the side. And it used to be really, really healthy, and it, you could break it off and get the liquid for, you know, yeah. your skin or whatever. But now it's gone flat, and it's not full, and it's producing little babies. Yeah, so what it's doing, it's just kind of a, it must be this, is it getting as much sunshine as it used to? Well, I moved it for a while, and that's when it kind of changed, like before it was yeah. late. They, they love the sun. Like, honestly, we I have one in a, about a 20-inch pot, yeah. and I have it in full sun. And I have enough aloe vera probably for half a Calgary. <laughs> like, yeah, well, this I just can't. Yeah, it loves the sun, though. It it does. It will do much better. So what you might want to do is just transplant it into a new pot with some fresh soil. And then okay, maybe get uh, it into. Uh, soil? No, just, just a good all-purpose potting soil is great. Okay. And then just move it into a good sunny location. Yeah. And uh, and then it should it, it'll it'll fill that pot up because honestly the pot I just moved it and it wasn't that big like the alvira when I put it in there it was and I put it into a twenty inch pot and it is it filled that thing up like in six months it's amazing so well this is really filled up and it's got three great big plants perfect perfect yeah yeah so now it's ready to be transplanted. And and then at the time you transplant, if some of it isn't looking that good, don't be afraid to just cut it out or remove it. Okay. And, uh, uh, also, uh, what was I going to ask you? There's something else I was going to ask you about it. It just will come back by just transplanting it. Oh, water. And I was going to ask how much I should give it. I thought uh, maybe good I was... watering like every couple of weeks. But if it's right in the sun, when it's dry, you can water. Oh, Okay. Very good. I think I've got the answer for my plant. <laughs> All right, perfect. Okay, Get some thank new soil you very and much. It should respond. It'll respond really well for you. Take okay, care. Okay, thanks for your help. You're welcome. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to go to Diane. Hi. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. Of um, course. I'm out on an acreage on a, a three-acre parcel, and we've been here about 15 years. Now, I'm going to say about five years ago, I noticed some ants, like not a huge amount, but but they were, you know, the, the little piles everywhere. So yeah. I started putting that uh, diatomaceous earth. 
And it, it seemed to kind of keep them at bay. But in the last few years, they have just come back by the trillions. And this year, they have completely overtaken my lawn. All of my acreage is, is lawn. I have mostly lawn yeah. and, a, and a garden plot. And about every six inches, you see their little hills. And I don't know how to get rid of them. And more so than that, I'm worried, are they going to kill my lawn? Oh, they will eventually if you get left. And what they is, it's just become drier and drier, too. So they, they kind of like that. So they, they will overtake areas like that. Right. So there's some things you can do, like the diatomaceous earth um, works good. We had someone else was saying... Um, uh, what was that? What what did they say? Um, baking baking soda, I think they said. And or I got another one here from Karen. Sugar like icing sugar mixed with borax, um, put in there by the nest, and that's supposed to work really well, and it's fairly inexpensive. Yeah, it's just that I mean we're talking three acres. I would look like it was snowing yeah. out here, right? So I was yeah. hoping do you, that there do you was... irrigate that at all or uh well yeah, we, we water it. We don't have underground irrigation and I haul the water from the canal and then just haul oh. around sprinklers everywhere, which is tough for me to keep everything really, really wet. Yeah. And so I thought maybe, you know, in these drier years that we've been having, is that what has really, you know, made yeah, them Absolutely. Come- absolutely. That's what's bringing them out a bit more. Cause it's, just, it's easier for them. A nice mowed area, they can make a nice hill, they can go in, they go down to the, the soil, do their thing without any issues, right? Right. So that's what I was going to say. If you keep it moister, the ants will move away as well. Okay, so the more water I can give them, I guess, is probably yeah. my... But they yeah. will kill my lawn eventually. Eventually, yeah, because they'll just keep going and going and going, right? So uh, Would they be killing my laurel leaf willows and my cotoneasters no, as well? they should, no. Oh, okay. Okay, because no. I've noticed my laurel leaf willows have been kind of not Again, doing... Again, they're probably just lacking water as well. Okay, okay. All right. Perfect. Take Great. Care. Thank you for your help, Merle. Love bye your bye. show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, yeah. And actually, yeah, in this June, you're, you are correct. Borax will kill the grass, but if you've got a heavy anthill, chances are it's probably grass. The other caller said um, cornmeal and cream of wheat. <laughs> so, um, yeah, try that in a couple of smaller areas too, right? But uh, cream of wheat's actually not bad once in a while. It kind of gives you a flashback when you're a kid. Um, I'm going to go to Deanna. Good morning, Deanna. Dina, sorry. Hi, Dina. Hi, sorry about that. How can I help you? My husband swears by your 3216, whatever. The lawn Um, fertilizer? Thank you. Yeah, it works great. Absolutely loves it, and everybody asks him, um, what does he do to his lawn? Um, I would nice. like to know if I can cut down some spirea bushes um, to the ground. They're, they're pretty old. Absolutely. Absolutely. They love that. Okay. Um, spireas, nine barks, um, potentillas. After they get kind of old and ratty a bit, just rejuvenate them. Take them right down to the ground, and then they'll just push back up. And even if you did that right now, you'll be fine. Okay. Now, I've got about 
six flower beds around my house, and um, they're getting a little bit, um, I don't know, dead, I guess. Yeah. Um, I have I've put, um, like, mushroom, you know, compost. Yeah. But it's still, it's there. Yeah, still... what I would do is add some, like, get some good, like, the sea soil or our three in one mix works really good. It has a little bit more to it. The mushroom manure has no nutrients, it's just fiber. So, ah. you, 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 so if you get, like, we have a really good three in one mix that okay. we've made up, it works really well. Okay, and is that, like, in bags? Yeah, it's in bags. You can just add it in the soil, add it on top, and then just work it into the existing soil. Okay, and um, when can I also cut down or cut my um, Haska berry? Um, the, you don't. Do you? You shouldn't really cut it back too much, though, unless it, there's lots of deadwood, because um, they do get fairly tall. They get about five or six feet tall. Okay. Okay. And so, okay. I I was just thinking of shaping it. Um, yeah, you because... can do that after it's done fruiting. You can do that, but I okay. gotta go. Sorry. All right, no problem. That's it. Take thank care. you so Thanks, much, Dina. and thank bye you bye. for the show. I've been listening for quite bye a bye. while. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, for everybody, for joining um, me today. It was great, and we'll get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.